When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing all right. It's, you know, the end of a day. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I got <Yeah>. through it. <laughs> it's well, over now. It is over. And now it gets the fun part. So uh, thank you so much for hopping on TPQ20 with me today. Uh, we always like to start off by saying uh, we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that is not on the back of Choose Your Own Beginning, uh, who would you say you are? Um, I would say I am a fat person from New Jersey. Um, and I don't know, I write, I write a lot of poems, but, uh, I also edit, um, voicemail poems, which is something, something that I've been doing for a long time, um, that I'm really proud of. Um, and I don't know. I just applied to an MFA program. So maybe I'll be doing that. Um, nice. Well, yeah. that gives us all a place to start. Uh, okay. I got a question. Who are you as a writer now uh, from your 2013 Right Bloody posting on uh, YouTube? Uh, if you <laughs> could go back all these about what now, almost uh, well, almost 10 years. Um, how would you say you've grown as a poet from kind of that first video? And I know you were obviously writing before then, but from that first bit of time to now, uh, how have you grown as a poet? Um, I think I have grown as a poet um, a lot just by virtue of having grown as a person. Um, because 10 years ago, I was 25. And at 35, I feel like it's a very different age. <laughs> yes. Um, and I've also I've also just been doing it for a long time. So I've like I've done I 2013 was when I started reading in front of people, performing mm. my work at events. Um, so that has helped me grow as a poet a lot, I think. Um, just getting to getting a sense of what works. Um at least uh, audibly, I guess. And then also also publishing my books has helped a lot, but um, yeah. Well, and then, then I, always, I always like to talk to poets who, who do perform their pieces as well. Do you find that, I guess, I guess it's a kind of a chicken or the egg question. Um, what, what draft kind of goes where? Do you find that the, uh, the version you use in front of the audience, is that different from the version that ends up on the page and, and why? 
Um, not really. I guess sometimes I'll make slight changes while I'm reading, but for the most part, it's the same. Um, I did, I did do a reading last weekend with uh, a poet named Ted Reese, and he uh, he mentioned to me that uh, my line breaks are interesting, and in that he said it's always surprising hearing me read mm. uh, my work because when it's on the page, it doesn't look like it's going to sound the way I say it. I guess oh. um, so. It's always like a surprise to learn how how I say it or how how I would how I would read it. Um, it's, it's fascinating. I yeah, I guess it doesn't like um, But he's, I think he meant it in a good way. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I like that idea that, that you know, line breaks and enjambment and tone can, you know, really change the mood of, of a line. I mean, that's, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. And is, and we'll, we'll get into voicemail poems because I'm fascinated by voicemail poems. Um, but, uh, but I, I like that idea that, that someone can get something different from the tonality of a, you know, of a line break, um, you know, on page versus stage. That's kind of, that's kind of a cool idea. So where did your poetry journey start? Uh, what was kind of the, the catalyst for you when you were younger? Was there a, a poet that was read to you or, or, you know, how did you fall in love with words? Um, I was in love with words, I think, before I was in love with poetry. Um, I wanted to be a writer from a very, very young age. Um, and I just, I basically wanted to be, to write whatever form I was currently reading and loving because mm. I was such a bookworm. So when I was a child, I wanted to write children's books. Um, <laughs> so it was just, you know, and then, and then when I, was reading novels I wanted to write novels when I was started reading novels um and then I guess in high school I took a one of my English professors was teaching like a poetry elective so I took that and I started reading Anne Sexton um I guess I guess she was my first favorite um and then in college I took a couple well in college I I tried writing fiction and failed miserably. Um, <laughs> couldn't write a short story to save my life. Uh, but then I took a poetry class and I was like, oh, this makes sense. This, this, my brain can do this. My brain can like, <laughs> this makes sense with the way that my brain works, um, which I guess is more like, I don't know, fragmented or not, not so much like plot driven or I think I, I don't know. Um, I think I do try to create narratives within my books and I like doing that. Um, but poetry just made more sense to me. Well, I like that. I, I think that's something that I've definitely learned from, from talking to poets over the last few years on this is, is that idea that, you know, there's a lot more focus on, uh, a through line and a storyline at times in a poetry collection or a chapbook, um, and I I like that idea. It's, it doesn't necessarily always mean you know that it has a has a specific character that we follow through the whole thing, but that that there's a thread that really does propel us from beginning, middle, and an end, and I you know whatever order is necessary. But I I like that. Um, 
I have to talk to you about voicemail poems. <laughs> so, uh, what a you know I I have always for the the eleven years now that poetry question has been around. I've always like joked about or, or talked about the idea that I really would love to do audio of anything on there and. And, you know, it's not even until this year that the podcast was, was something or the other year that the podcast could be something uh, that would, that would work. So where do you get the idea for voicemail poems? Um, and uh, I, I, yeah, I got to know the process for you when it comes to selection, because you must, how, how many voicemails do you get? Uh, so I can't take credit for the idea um, because I joined, it was, it had been around for two years when I joined and my, okay. uh, my friend Jamie Mortara um, started it in 2012 and then brought me on as like the first, uh, I don't know, the first help that they, they had had with it. <laughs> um, the first time they like, were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't just do this by myself. Um, that was in 2014. Um, so I have been with it almost the whole time, but I, I don't know exactly how Jamie got the idea, um, but I have been doing it on my own for the last five years um, since they uh, stepped away from it. And I feel very, very connected to it because um, I guess it's been nine years now that I've been yeah, uh, yeah working on it. Um, but uh, what was the other question? <laughs> What's the the selection process like, oh, and selection how? Process. Yeah, how does how does it work on on your end of things? Because it's it's I mean it's such a fascinating concept of it's like a phone line for poetry, and it's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, the selection process, I have I do have help with that. Um, I have uh, some volunteer editors that uh, go through the submissions and vote on their favorites. Um, and then I kind of like take everybody's um, preferences into account and go through them myself as well. And um, yeah, we just kind of decide as a group um, what we think should make it into the issue. We publish uh, four times a year and we get about a hundred submissions for each issue. We publish 15 um, per issue. So it's, it's a lot, um, <laughs> and I work. I work full time. Like, I work at a at a restaurant as well. So it's a lot. Like to maintain that right. four issues a year. Uh, I guess yeah, fifteen. So sixty poets a year. Um, yeah. But I can't stop doing it because I love it so much. <laughs> right. Um, and I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to. Um, Have there been any? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say um, it's just really rewarding being able to uh, promote writers and to encourage, um, especially writers that are just starting to um, to be published and to like submit their work. Um, I think being being people's first publication has been like the greatest honor to me and the greatest, the most exciting part is when people are like, oh, this is my my first time like I'm a published poet and I'm like yes and it's a published uh, poet in as a, a and it's the first voice recording too like that's really that's a cool it's a cool first step for some people because it 
it's it's difficult. It's not easy. It's vulnerable to uh, to not only put out a poem, but to have your voice out there as well. I mean, that's that is not something that a lot of people are very comfortable immediately doing. Um, and for sure, do you uh, has there who have been kind of some of your like surprises through the through the years of of poets that have come through who you just you knew immediately we're going to be we're just going to be just fascinating and, and amazing writers. Um, there've been a, there've been a lot of people that have, um, that we've published that have gone on to like, have great success. And I've like, I've watched in awe, like not in awe, like in awe, but not surprised because right. they're just, um, I guess, uh, Kevin Cantor was one, oh. um, uh, KB Brookins, um, uh, Jason B. Crawford, uh, um, Levi Kane, we just published for the second time. Um, there's, there's like hundreds. These, <laughs> it's are, hard these to... are standout names. I mean, that's, this is, um, it's, it's really cool to, to get. I, I just think I love, like I said, I love the idea of like a, you know, a phone line for, for poetry. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a cool concept to, to allow for voices to be out there of these poets, because as as a, I teach middle school and and we do like a, a poem every day and it's really for me it's so important for my students to hear the person read their piece because I want them to know you know what does it sound like in in their voice um, and I I love that I I love that for for your subscribers who get to hear that on a regular basis that's really that's awesome but well done for keeping that going and and uh i look forward to its continued success uh thank you yeah and that said you have uh a new book uh out into the world um so with uh choose your own beginning uh where does the journey start so i always like to ask timeline questions so when was the first piece written for it uh and then how long until you turned in your final edits oh wow um i guess as soon as i published the book before it so that was 2018 um deep camouflage like as soon as i published that i started working on new stuff um that would you know, I knew I wanted it to be a third book. Um, but at the time I had like, I had just put out uh, two books in a very short little window of time. Like right. My first book came out in 2017. And then I put out because I had been working on it for a long time. Um, and then deep camouflage, um, I was able to put out really quickly after that. So I kind of put this pressure on myself at that point, after the second book came out, I was like, okay, I'll just be like Tommy Pico and I'll release a book every year. Like, <laughs> I'm just, just what I'm going to do. Um, if Tommy can do it, I can do it, which is <laughs> terrible. Because <laughs> um, he's so brilliant. And and it's, it's such a, I don't know how he does that. Um, but yeah, so I was a little disappointed that it took me, it took me for like another, <laughs> another five years. years. Um, but I was, I tried to be patient with myself. Um, there were a couple different, well, there were a lot of different drafts and there were a couple different um, ideas of directions that it would go. Um, but I really didn't have enough work to, to really figure that out 
until like maybe 2021. Um, and then it started taking shape, I guess. Is but I'm sure, I'm sure there are poems in there from, from 2018. I just, <laughs> um, it's just a process. How different uh, direction wise do you feel it, it went from when you first thought of that idea for it? Um, I feel like pretty different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I write a lot from personal experience and from like what I'm going through while I'm writing. So I did not anticipate, I did not anticipate, you know, how it would change based on what was going on in my life. Um, and I didn't, things I couldn't have anticipated, like the pandemic, you know, just like things nice. um, like getting, uh, well, I guess I could have foreseen that serving in my thirties would be harder than serving in my twenties, but <laughs> <laughs> things, things happened that then, yeah. you know, made their way into it. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I was, I was, um, things improved in a lot of ways for me like mental health wise, relationship wise. So, so that impacted the direction the book went. And I always, I always try to end my books on hopeful notes, but this, this time I kind of wanted a more hopeful book in general. Right. And I, I kind of decided that at a certain point, like hmm. I started off with like early drafts of the book, um, were very much like childhood trauma based and just like very like based in um, the past and things I could not change. And then I kind right. of like, I don't know. I think it, I had a turning point with it when I, when I started thinking of it as like, no, like I'm going <laughs> to, um, I'm going to turn this around, you know, like I want that, that I already wrote that book. I don't want like I don't want to just go further and you know like right. you could keep digging you could keep digging that way forever oh. but <laughs> you know I was I wanted to do something different and I wanted to kind of um not not just more hopeful but like earned hope I guess or like I wanted like I think even this it's a, definitely a sense of empowerment from I mean even title alone there's a sense of empowerment um, there's also such a great sense of nostalgia and choose your own adventure books or where we, you know, where I, my shelves are crowded of cho with choose your own adventure <laughs> books. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I, you know, I, I think there's definitely an empowerment inside that as well, especially coming from the last couple of books where maybe there wasn't as much light at the end of the tunnel immediately. Uh, this is definitely a, a strong spot for, for you to start with. Um, as we kind of head toward the end here, I always like to ask people, who are you reading? Who's, uh, who is exciting to you right now? Um, and then what is, uh, what's your next adventure uh, now that Choose Your Own Beginning uh, is out in the world? Uh, my next adventure is, well, it's possibly, possibly grad school, um, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, That's definitely uh, an adventure, so. Yeah. Um, I, I just, uh, 
I just started teaching this work. I've been teaching this workshop the past month. Um, and it's the first time I've led a poetry workshop. And I'm, it's been such a great experience that I want to continue to try to gain experience in that. And I think that's, that's why I hope that I get into the grad program because right. it's, it's really meaningful, like, and, and part of, part of voicemail poems is, is meaningful in that way too, is that it's like giving back to other poets, right. And like yeah. helping being of service to other writers. Um, because I know how much that meant to me Absolutely. Um, when like, when it was 2013 and Derek Brown called me up and was like, did you mean the in-person internship or did you mean uh, remote? And I was like, well, I applied a year ago. Um, <laughs> I was like, but I, I guess that, theoretically, that, I, I will I could, say I that could sounds come to about Austin right. For, yeah. It sounds about right for a Derek Brown timeline of, of getting back to you. I love Derek. Derek is one of my all time favorite people in the poetry world, especially if you, uh, if you ever get to see him perform as Prince, um, it, it is a, it's a <laughs> life changing uh, moment. Um, yeah, he changed my life a lot because um, I did move to Austin for that internship, um, <sighs> which was a wild summer and a wild like turning point for me. Um, cause there's no really, there's really no going back after you after you do that. Like, no. <laughs> you go work, you move to halfway across the country to intern for a poetry press. Like you, <laughs> you must really want it at that point. Um, but I think. I don't, I don't know exactly what the next steps, what, what my next project is, but I'm excited anyway. Awesome. Like, I think I've gotten to this point where I just, I, I feel after 10 years of being like obsessed with poetry, I feel that I've, I've accepted it about myself. I've accepted that, like, I'm not giving up on this. Good. So, um, so I'm just, I'm in it for the long haul now. Um, and then writers that I've been reading, um, I always love, uh, my friend, Richie Hoffman, um, who actually is my friend from elementary school, which is wild. Cause we oh, both wow. wound up in this niche field, um, after being in this group of 20, uh, children <laughs> in small town, New Jersey, um, but I really like his new book. Um, I guess I don't remember exactly when it came out now, but a hundred lovers is really good. Right. um so I gotta hype that um I like uh I've met I've met some really cool um poets that I've had the opportunity to read with um Ooh. and that have like that has turned me into a big fan of theirs um so I would say like one of my favorites is Caleb Bray Kendrilly um mm. who I got to read with um in Philly a couple years ago. Um, uh, their, their latest book uh, was Water I Won't Touch. I think that was out through Copper Canyon. Um, and they're just really brilliant. Um, and then Gion Davis um, came through Philly recently. Um, the book was, what was the book called? they were on a book tour um i loved it oh it was uh too much i think 
I have to Google this. <laughs> embarrassing. No, it's not. Trust me, for all the poetry that we read over here in the stacks, that if you could even see this, the walls behind the computer are ah. insane. I don't know titles at all these days. It is called Too Much. Um, it's nice. a great collection. Um, Dion's great. Uh, Very cool. Well, I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. I love this because I, I get new names every time I ask this question, my library builds. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. I truly appreciate uh, your time and all you do for the poetry community. Um, so thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, I wish you a uh, wonderful success with the new book. And uh, we will definitely keep listening to voicemail poems. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.